Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us, as always. That man over there is Jonathan Woolley. I am the Mike Sanders. Today, we're going to be talking about General Motors. They really haven't been on our radar all that much this year. Um, but, well, two pretty big news stories with them here over the past week. So we're going to dive right, right into the GM and everything that's going on with them. Woolley, take it away. Damn it, man. You always do that. <laughs> I never know where the hell to start. Um, <laughs> kind of two separate news stories. Let me get my bearings. One is obviously, you guys may have heard, probably heard, that the Corvette is going to become its own brand. And and in order to do that, since the Corvette's just one car, they, they're introducing a couple others. So it's going to be an EV crossover, super lame, an EV four-door super lame and we'll get to that i don't know how much we really have to say about that other than you know we're disappointed but um well I what think I, you well, gotta, that's what they should call those cars they should be the corvette super lame because they just <laughs> what a horrible what a horrible idea gm please listen to me from a business perspective haven't you guys killed enough brands already i mean saturn Pontiac, my mind is not working right now, but there's more. You guys kill <laughs> kill freaking car brands constantly. Now you want to take your most precious vehicle, your racing flagship, and you want to turn it into another brand, and you want to get away from what it actually is. Like Corvette is a, you know, it's a roadster, man. It's a fun race car, roadster, American muscle, pavement pounding badass. And you want to turn it into a crossover, four-door, EV. I'm going to sleep just talking about it. Why, why are we doing this? Uh, because the world is full of posers, dude. Like, that's the answer. I, my plan was to talk about the whole internal combustion thing first and the Corvette second. But here we are. Let's just talk about the Corvette now. The world is full of just posers and weenies. And uh, the mindset has shifted, obviously. People want to buy the badge without really understanding what the badge is about. And they don't give a shit. They don't want to understand. They don't want to be taught. They don't care. It's consumerism. They just know that that badge carries weight. and and But they don't want any of the... They don't want to give anything up for it. They don't, they're not willing to make any compromises to their lifestyle or, or deal with any discomforts or inconveniences. And I've had people, you know, we did some social media videos, shorter videos on this and an article on this. And people are real quick to say, well, it worked for Porsche and Lamborghini. Okay. Those are three different situations, Corvette, Lamborghini, and, and Porsche. Um, did it work for Lamborghini? I fucking hate that thing. And anybody that likes Lamborghini should. A Lamborghini should be something that takes a talent and a and a, it should be finicky and cool and difficult to drive. You don't get in it, press the button, turn on the seat warmers and put it in drive. That's fucking lame. I'm cussing right out of the gate on this thing. And then with Porsche, that is a, 
I see the similarity in concept, right? But like it is not apples to apples. I don't like the fact that Porsche made an SUV and a Panamera. And even though maybe I'll own one one day, even though I'll go on record and say it's a bad idea, but I might, you know, whatever, get smitten and own one. Like, so I don't condone it, but I understand what Porsche did. Porsche was a sports car only company. And that worked with the generations that were cooler than ours, that were willing to live with a sports car. But then as we all started to turn into pussies, like Porsche was going to go out of business if they didn't make a car that was more for the masses. So they had to compromise. They had to bend so that they wouldn't break and go out of business. They did not call their SUV a 911 cross. They didn't call it what? No, that's the key. That's, that's the key. Whole, that's the key. That's the whole point here. Like, haven't we already seen this whole parlor trick one time before with the Ford Mustang Mach-E. The only reason they regurgitated that name and walked all over it is because it is a highly Googleable term. And they know that people love and respect and are constantly seeking after the Mustang. So they get on their computer and go, oh, look at Mustang pictures. But now instead of getting a page full of badassery, they get this flashy little piece of shit that pops up and the same thing's going to happen with Corvette. And the fact is, then the wieners of the world are going to buy this car. And it's yeah. the people who are who are least equipped, least ready to buy and actually own the Mustang and Corvette name who are going to be buying this crap. And and going back to the Porsche example, you know, the, yeah, they didn't call it a 911 Cross. And... While it might have saved their ass and, and you know, made them money, what it did on our side, on the enthusiast side, was open the floodgates for weenies, man. Like, I've grown up around Porsches. Like, like these are the cars. I've had some of these posters my whole life since I was a child. And it used to be, to be a Porsche owner, you had to be kind of diehard. They weren't really nice cars. They were sports cars. Um, then when they started making these, you know, these Cayennes and these Panameras, the weenies came in, they started buying the cars and joining the Porsche club, just like these guys are going to join the Corvette club. Next thing you know, you're at Petit Le Mans and they're drinking mimosas at the Porsche club corral. It's, it's disgraceful, dude. It literally just grinds my gears. They can't grind their gears because they all have paddles. It's the stupidest thing. They wear turtlenecks. Bitch sticks, not <laughs> paddle shifts. Bitch sticks. And, and the reason that this is happening, and it happened with the Mustang and it's happening with Corvette, is because the people that are running the show are not car enthusiasts anymore. They may tell you that they are. They may pose next to a badass Cobra and take it around the track, or, you know, but like, they're not car enthusiasts. They didn't grow up around this stuff like we did. And I can make that assumption because if they had, they would not be making these bullshit calls. This is, it, it's, the, the Corvette has been around for like almost 70 years or something like that. Like it takes a long time to build an icon like that. And a Corvette, is iconic. I said in the little TikTok video, it's 
it's it's more than iconic. Like it is a staple in Americana pop culture, whatever you want to call it. People, icons have written songs about the Corvette because it is so iconic. It has impacted people in a way that's more than a car. The Corvette, the idea of the Corvette is more than a car. It's more than it needs to be. It has a feeling of exhilaration, of energy, of possibility, of freedom, all that stuff. And it didn't happen overnight, man. Like that is an earned reputation. And these suits at GM could fuck it all up real quick to try and have a good quarter three and to brag to their investors that they're doing a good job, but like, they're not. It may, it may, may be a good business move if you're looking at the numbers, but I think, and granted, we're, you know, history's never been like a hugely successful, you know, company. We've always been struggling because we have this mindset, but like, there's no honor in what they're doing. It, like I said, it's disgraceful. There are people that sat in the same office chairs and boardrooms that they're sitting at, and they had way more passion, way more balls, way more authenticity than these people do. These people are not treating their job with respect, as far as I'm concerned. 100% agree. Anybody who goes out and buys one of these vehicles that we're talking about, you're getting swindled, all right? This is going to be GM's way of basically selling you a slightly fancy, what? what let's just, like a cruise with, with a with a Corvette badge and price tag on it. That's what you're really getting. It say- may, it may be a great. They may knock it out of the park and make a really good performance. Hear me out. Performance crossover. But why the hell do they have to call it a Corvette? Why can they not just make a good performance crossover in the same vein as a Corvette? But give it a freaking different name. Why do you do that? Why do you have to sell out and make your icon a gimmick? Like, that's what drives me insane. Yeah, you know what does not come to my mind when you say performance crossover? Corvette. Corvette does not come to my mind when you say performance crossover. Call it anything else anything else there's so many badass names out there pick another one you guys are screwing this up over greed and stupidity and laziness like porsche only made sports cars and then they started making the suvs and they named them something different like literally gm makes a gaggle of just suvs and crossovers they don't, the Corvette is their sports car. So they are taking their sports car and then giving another crossover the Corvette name. Like, Jesus, you already make crossovers. Just make those not as shitty. And, and <laughs> that's all we need. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand. And, and what pisses me off is like, it will sell. It will, I, I don't think that this is going to be a flop. I think that there is a market for it. I, I don't think the market's right. You know what I mean? Like, it's sad that there's a market for this, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, there is a market for it. Hell, I mean, even me and you being like, you know, parents or whatever, like, we're always looking for cars that, Jesus, can at least be exciting to buy these days and could be a family car. Something in the theory 
of a crossover slash Corvette, that would potentially be appealing. But the second you call it a Corvette, I'm out because I've got a man card that I have to keep and I'm not going to buy it. What you just described, they already make made was the Cadillac CTSV. And that was brilliant. Use Cadillac to be kind of the refined, sophisticated adult performance, you know, whatever, a, a, a Corvette in a suit. Like, do that. Yeah. Do that. I, I, they See, are just. I, I just, prefer the way that Toyota does their naming, you know, like some, some engineer came up with a pretty awesome concept that is the new Corolla GR. And was like, hey, Akio, check this thing out. And he's like, you know what? That Corolla that we make right now kind of sucks. So this is a little bit different, a lot more ballsy, a lot cooler, cooler lines, more power, more fun, more rally style. Let's just call it the Corolla GR. So then it takes the Corolla name and it brings it up a notch. It makes it better than it was before. Ford and GM are like, hey, what are our most iconic vehicles? Cool. Let's all go take a shit on it real quick. Yeah, let's 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 neuter all of them. It doesn't it 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 doesn't compute, man. Like, and that's the thing. It's it's a it's all the sign that you need that there's not leadership at these companies. At least not the kind of leadership that an enthusiast wants to support. These people are throwing shit at the wall to try and get people to to buy into the EV agenda. You know, they're using anything they got in their arsenal. They're throwing iconic names that have been around for generations at the wall to try and swindle people into buying this thing. And it, it again, if you're the average idiot customer, you're probably gonna go with the flow. And I do think that these things were set, will sell. But if you're an enthusiast, dude, I don't know how you can wanna support not only this car, but the brand. Like it turns me off to the the entire, the whole damn everything. And, and it's like you said, like right now, I I, I have become a, a genuine fan of Toyota because they're doing it differently. They're taking cars and they're putting them on steroids. You know, GM is taking cars on steroids and putting them in a dress. Yeah, they're neutering them. Speaking of executives and people at the top of these automotive manufacturers what's going on with gm right now what kind of happened over the thanksgiving day weekend uh is something we need to kind of take note of so for the past year yeah we'll call it two years mary barra who's the ceo of gm has been really really touting an all-electric future it's, it's just ev is the future we're going to be full ev as soon as we can we're getting away from gas-powered vehicles ice is dying that's basically the message that she has been hardcore pushing. But the president of GM came out over Thanksgiving <laughs> at an investors meeting, which is kind of purely fitting for what happened here, and basically announced that they are not giving up on the internal combustion engine anytime soon. He didn't really give a ton of details on exactly what he was saying, but we know what it is because of the failures when it comes to the truck EV market. We know for a fact that's one thing that they're staying with. And let's face it, I mean, the, the one thing that's really gotten GM through the, all the hard times is the freaking LS motor. Um, so they're going to keep making variations of that and big V8 badassery when it comes to their larger vehicles. 
Um, but talk a little bit more about that, Willie. Yeah, well, maybe you can help me with this. I don't fully understand. Uh, so GM's president, his name is Mark Roos, R-E-U-S-S. Yeah. He is under Mary Barra, the CEO. Is that correct? I, I think that they're more equals than anything else. He is the president of the company. She is the CEO, the chief executive officer. When it comes to large corporations like this, you have a president, you have a CEO, a CFO, a CTO, and it kind of goes all over the board. Everybody who has one of those titles is pretty equal normally. Okay. Mary gets a lot of the spotlight. Um, and and Mary is absolutely virtue signaling. Like, this is not us making this up. You can go to their website. It is all about EV for everyone because we think that the earth is dying right now. And, and it's all about creating the fear and then selling the solution. And um, what's ironic is they say EV for everyone and they do a play on the everyone, the EV and all that kind of clever marketing tricks. But yet the only cars that they're introducing are stupid expensive and unavailable. Like they, they come in with the Hummer. Like, I mean, I guess maybe I get it, start at the top and bring them down, but they just keep talking. She keeps talking and talking about how they're gonna be number one and how they're gonna beat Tesla next year. Meanwhile, they don't have shit to sell. They just keep talking about how they're the leader in EVs, but they're not actually getting them out the EV thing is, it's becoming more and more clear that it's not sustainable for like a, a multitude of reasons. It's becoming more and more clear that it's not green for a multitude of reasons. Um, and I think that honestly, American car companies are losing grips with even how to make an EV. It's perfectly exemplified by the Hummer EV that's 9,000 pounds. That's not how you're you, it's not how we need to approach evs like you, we need to be making and americans don't want to hear it and americans don't want to buy it but we need to be making small cars smart size cars ford fiesta size cars honda fit size cars we need to be make basically putting less weight smaller package so you need less battery if that's the way you're going to go um so we're losing grips with the whole thing i mean like you know the ev thing is it's not about being green. Uh, you know, the people that are still believing that hook, line, and sinker are not very educated in cars or in the whole EV thing. And and I mean, I don't I don't know where they're going from that. The point is, you're starting to see the backtracking. You know, and now the different guy, Mark's coming in and going, well, no, we never, we never said we're going to get rid of internal combustion. Yeah, you did. It's like literally still on your website. You've made the statement that you're going to be all electric by 2035. Now, what does all electric mean? That means all electric. Uh, but now they're saying, no, we're not going to do that for like the trucks and the heartland people, because we're also going to try to appeal to you guys but at the same time, we got to appeal to these assholes over here that are going to cancel us if we don't make EVs, you know, so they're, they're, they're stuck, but I'm enjoying it. Like, I think we're seeing the beginning of the backtracking. Yeah. I, and I fully expect for Ford and Dodge and everybody else who has kind of made these outrageous claims, these virtue signal claims of going full EV into the future, woohoo, all for one. 
I expect all that to start to be walked back because they're starting to see that the infrastructure is not there. It's not going to be there anytime soon. The infrastructure, even that that is being built, is not reliable. <laughs> we saw an article two days ago where one of these charging stations completely bricked a car. Um, lots of problems. Supply and demand uh, for the the resources. You can't get the freaking resources, and if you do, you got to rely on horrible countries like China to do it. There are just problems all over the place. So these guys are starting to look at their playbook and going, uh, "We're pissing off consumers. It doesn't really look this is possible right now." Let's let's bring it back a little bit. We've still got like 12 years to get this. We saw how fast we can mobilize in roughly a year. We can at least get moving on this. Let's wait a little while. Let's wait a little while. Let's wait an election cycle and see what happens is what they're really saying. Um, but the problem is they did too much talking, too much stepping on their own dicks in the process. Again, I got to go to Toyota again. I like the way that Toyota handles stuff like this. You know what they do? For the most part, they shut the fuck up. They just shut up and continue making cool things. And they look into the other technologies and they do stuff, but they don't virtue signal. They don't come out and say, we're going to change the world and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Why? Because that stuff pisses off consumers. That stuff pisses off investors. It makes your stock plummet and do insane things and do backflips. It doesn't work. So somebody like Akio Toyota has my full respect because he didn't do anything. He didn't talk when he didn't have to. Meanwhile, you know, the CEO or the, the guy from Ford, what's the dude from Ford's name? I'm blank. I'm blank Jim right. Farley. Jim Farley. That guy, good God. I like him for being so transparent and honest, but Jesus, shut up. He's a, Stop talking. The thing is, the Mary Bears and the Jim Farleys, they're brown nosers to their investors. Um, Akio Toyota, <clears throat> he's wise. And he's an enthusiast. And that's kind of like a one-two punch. Because what does a wise person do? They usually shut up and they listen and they assess the situation. And the fact that he's an enthusiast means he assesses it not just from a financial. There is heart in his decision and there is passion for the brand that he represents. So he he does. He sits there and he goes, we're not totally sure. We're not totally sold that this is where we should put all of our eggs into this basket, you know? And, and the, the, you know, the, the EV activist people go, cancel him. He's not, you know, like I, they literally, they're like, they're so far behind. He's going to ruin the company and he's going to sing and he's not with this and blah, blah. No, he's being smart. And you guys would benefit from being smart as well. Like, why do you guys think this is the future? Because the government has sold it to you because GM is saying it is like, of course they're going to say it is. And also guys, there's a lot more profit to be made in an EV. Once they sort this stuff out, they can make, there's a lot more profit margin in it. It's basically engine, you know, batteries, plug, plug, put it in the skateboard, put a body on it and go. The cars aren't going to get cheaper. They're just going to make more money making them. And they're going to make more money when you have to trade them in every eight years because they come this disposable, obsolete thing. Um, and on top of that, everybody who thinks that, oh, at least we're getting rid of the oil barons, you're just trading in oil barons for the electrical grid barons. That's it. Your, your electric bill's cheap now. It's going to go through the freaking roof once everybody's on the teat for that. Yeah, you're not sticking it to the man. 
maybe you're sticking it to the oil company right now, but you're just, he's the monster we know, you know, and now you're going to get a new monster. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you guys like pay attention to the news because they're not going to say that they're walking it back. They're going to PR spin it into positive stuff of like, you know, they're going to try and make the walkbacks look like progress, if that makes sense. Like yeah. when, when Mark Roos comes out and goes, we're not going to give up our internal combustions. Our customers, you know, we got a, you know, a lot of customers that want that in their trucks and what they, he makes that sound like he's in touch. But what he's doing is realizing that they're completely out of touch, you know, and they're having to step it back and step it back. Again, it just makes perfect perfect sense that he did that at an investors meeting because he probably had investors emailing and calling him the whole month leading up to this, going, "What the hell are you guys doing?" What are you guys doing? To to calm everybody down and to get rid of the flames a little bit. And let's be honest about this for a minute. When did all of this virtue signaling and the promise of the EV world happen? When when Biden announced that the the government contract for all the government vehicles would be coming up soon. Everybody started scrambling to try to get that contract, that massive, massive government contract to be the manufacturer for, for all the vehicles. And he said that he wanted EVs. So that was what everybody did. That's where all this came from. Well, yeah, you, 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 you brown nose, you know what I mean? Like there's a new, there's a new head honcho in charge and you're brown nosing them, but now we're at midterms and people are like, yeah. you know what? Like maybe it would be smart to wait this out. We've got, we've got, we've made some progress on the EV side and we can keep, you know, going that direction and marketing that. And we got a couple models there, but like maybe at this point we need to just kind of chill for a second and see which way this is going to go. Another thing that you talked about on, on these podcasts before, I know, and I saw it being brought up again by Mary and the whole little clown posse over there, is like, they keep talking about their orders. Well, we've seen great demand for our Silverado EV and our GMC and our Hummer because we've got 200,000 orders. Those aren't sales. Those are excitable, dweeby people that are going to put a $100 deposit down on any of these. But when the chickens come home the roost. Those are refundable pre-orders that anyone can make on a whim. And while you may feel really good about the fact that you ordered in electric Silverado, what's really happening is GM took your hundred, your hundred dollars or your thousand dollars, whatever you did, and then they invested it. And they're gonna sit there and they're gonna hope that you forget about it, at least for the time being. And they're gonna invest that money and they're gonna hope that it grows and grows and grows and grows until they actually have a product to sell you. So congratulations, you are essentially giving GM their own bailout money. Good job. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen it with Tesla. We've seen it with um, uh, what's the one that's coming in my Rivian. We've seen Rivian. it with Ford. All of these guys are taking your money, running into production problems and rising costs because battery costs are very volatile. And then they're having to try and go back to these people and say, oh, more delays and more costs. You know, and it, it's just <clears throat> the fact that GM and others are trying to 
basically bank their future EV success on $100 deposits, <clears throat> it's really going to go belly up. It's going to be fun for us to watch this. It is. They're, they're crowdsourcing for money. And while there may be some good intentions in there, for the most part, it's pretty gross. I don't like it. Uh -huh. Well, hell, <clears throat> what else we got to say? About it, man. I think that we ruffled a lot of feathers on this one. I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, it's interesting. Interesting, fun times. You guys just make sure you read between the lines on the news stories. And if you don't, we will. And we'll, and we'll tell you. Um, I guess, you know, shameless plugs real quick. Be sure to check out our website, s3mag.com. I assume you've probably already seen that. What maybe you don't know is that we have an app now. It's on Android. It's on Apple. And um, it's, it's titled S3 Magazine. It's very easy to get. And it's free. And go check it out. Because basically the articles that we write is what leads to these podcasts. And, um, and you know, now that we're not printing, uh, this kind of stuff we hit on a lot more. You know, before when we were printing, it was quarterly at best. We kind of even stretched that out at times. And you couldn't get into this stuff. So while it was on our minds and me and Mike were always talking about it, it never made it to print because by the time we could get it there, it was out of date. Or we were limited to 130 pages and you just can't do it. <clears throat> but now we can. So we are because we feel like automotive journalism is complete shit for the most part. And, uh, you know, somebody, for better or worse, needs to s call it like they see it. Not saying we're always right. Not saying you guys always have to agree with us. But damn it, at least you know that, like, we're, we, we, we feel we believe what we're saying. And that's what this should all be about. Like the fact that automotive journalism has gotten so fluffy is kind of probably a lot of the contribution to why the automotive industry is as flaccid as it is, because they can make shit. And these journalists will talk about, I saw one of my buddies give an example about how out of touch they are. They're just like, oh, and the new Silverado has this three-way opening tailgate that just that's all of the competition. We don't care about that. Like, you know, so at least we're going to say what we care about. And and I don't know. Take it or leave it. As always, guys, thanks again for listening. Check out the website. Check out the app. Whatever you do, just keep listening to us jabber on. We love you. Have a good night.